Hello everybody, this is the House of Dark, and welcome to a new episode of Jive Talk. Uh, this Jive Talk episode, we're going to be doing nothing but X-Men talk. We're going to be talking about X-Men. You shouldn't be surprised, because uh, in two days, Dark Phoenix comes out. So, of course, I'm going to put a little bit of focus this week on on my favorite like hero team of the Marvel Universe is the X-Men. And so, I, I'm going to do... I'm gonna do two different things. Um, this part, we're, I, I'm having a little bit of an issue. Um, not it, it's it's making me worry a little bit about who's writing Dark Phoenix and just how they wrote this movie because there's this scene and literally if you go online, I'm dead to I don't know if it's a whole scene's called that. Uh, let me let me let me let me. So if you look up, yeah, it is. It is called the X. <laughs> So, okay, so if you go online, there is this clip called the X-Women clip from, from the Dark Phoenix movie. And I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. It makes no, it makes no sense that the, the level of dialogue to a certain degree <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> it's just, it just, here's the thing. Here, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial this back. So in X Men Apocalypse, actually let's 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 go even further back. Let's go even further back. Let's go even further back. So in X Men, the the especially in the first class franchise, Xavier has his goal is to protect mutants. And so when the school was created, even in like Days of Future Past, it was more, it's supposed to be a safe haven for all mutants who want to like be comfortable with their powers and, and integrate into society and stuff like that. By the end of Apocalypse, uh, he realizes he needs to make a team to fight these like necessary, these, these types of evil and situations that not only endanger mutant kinds, but the world in general. So he, so the X-Men officially didn't get created until Apocalypse. So, you know, and the interesting part about it, if you watch the end of Apocalypse, guess who's training the new class of X-Men? It is Raven. She has joined the school and she becomes a trainer and she's teaching them how to use their powers to protect and 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 defend themselves when needed to and, and to fight when they have to. And even in the end of the movie, she says, you guys aren't kids anymore. You're not students. You're the X-Men. She says this. She says this to them as they start training using sentinels in the danger room so they can use their powers to the point of where they can fight and defend. So this, this clip in this clip makes to a certain degree makes no sense because you're backtracking. It, it makes me, it's bad writing. George Lucas did the same thing. It's bad writing because he, he, he did it to himself when he did Return of the Jedi and then episode three comes out and it literally just it, it counters each other. So, I understand, okay, for those who don't know the context of this clip, it's called X-Women Clip for a reason. So, let me, so I had to preface that with what happened in the previous movies and why this clip kind of doesn't make sense. So, for those who don't know, I woke up yesterday? Yesterday. And there was, they had this clip where, where Raven is fussing at Charles and she says, she literally says, and now granted, someone could have edited it and put it on an Instagram like this. It was on Instagram. I was down a rabbit hole. I, I, I am, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I was down a rabbit hole. And she says, looks like the women are saving all the men, so we should change the team to X women. And she like dips. And I'm like, what? Why are we, why are we saying that? So I'm like, wait, let me, I, I, maybe I don't have the whole context of the clip. Maybe I have no, maybe the scene called for her to make that statement. So I got up this morning <laughs> and the clip's out. I don't, I think it came out yesterday or it came out earlier today. Uh, no, it came out. Yeah, it came out today. The clip came out today. I don't know how, maybe someone saw it East Coast. I don't know. I don't know how it's already out, but someone out today. So context of the clip is this takes place after they rescue the astronauts. And then we have the, we think the near death experience of Jean Grey when she gets hit with the Phoenix Force and they thought she died, but she survived and stuff like that. Then they don't realize it's because of the Phoenix Force. So they get back and Xavier in the, in the clip comes out and all the students are like clapping for the X-Men because they, the successful mission, everybody's alive. And he's giving them, he's giving the X-Men like accolades and he's telling, and he's telling the students, these are, this is the kind of people you need to aspire to be. He's, it's like a teaching thing. And he's like, everyone, you know, it's everyone gets the day off. No more class today. It's been a good day. 
And so Raven decides to show, go into his office. It's like, we almost lost Gene. This was, this was really, this was a close call. He's like, yeah, I'm glad, you know, it worked out. And she's like, why are we doing these missions? She, she's like questioning, like, we're taking these, these bigger risks for what? And she's like, for your ego? He's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, because he's like sitting with the president, you know, they're not, and I get it. Like, they're out doing risky missions and he's sitting there having phone calls with all these, you know, presidents. He's taking pictures. He's in front of the camera, which in all honesty, that makes sense because he's the face of mutant kind. God, it makes sense. Whenever there was a mutant situation, and a lot of times in the comic books, until Charles got thrown out, he was usually the guy talking to the politicians and, and all the, um, and the big, and the big wigs and stuff like that. He was the face of the Illuminati. He, he represented mutant kind with the Illuminati. And for those who don't know the Illuminati, there was this secret, it's a secret, like, decoder ring club for all, like, the figureheads of the Marvel Universe. You had Charles Xavier, who represented the mutants. You had Iron Man, who pretty much represented everybody else, he, and the Avengers and humankind. You had uh, Doctor Strange, who represented all the mystics, the mystical everything. You had Namor, who was the Atlantean. And you had Black Bolt, who was the Inhumans. Oh, and you had, uh, for the Inhumans, and you had Black Panther for Wakanda, obviously. It makes sense. So, yes. <coughs> Excuse me. When you talk about the face of mutant kind is usually two two people represent the face of mutant kind is magneto and charles xavier because of their the fight the, the whole viewpoint and and so it makes sense that like yeah sure the x-men are doing hard work but it, it's just it, it's so it's just he but he's the one who's the voice he he he's the he's the who everyone looks to for for the understanding and stuff like that and it's been like that in comic books for years and it was like that in the animated series. It was like that in the movies, you know. So it makes sense that he would be doing this in this film. It just makes sense, you know, in all honesty. So even though, even though in the first X-Men film, Jean Grey was doing the press conference with Senator Kelly, but Charles Xavier was there, which is fine. Jean, Jean is also was a good representative at the, you know, at the time for Mutant Kind as well, because she's, she actually was like a doctor. She was literally a doctor in the movies. So it would make sense. But, uh, in the, you know, so it makes sense for that to be, but still the point is there was always a voice, even if, if it was Gene or if it was, or if it was Xavier or if it was Hank, there was always a, uh, one voice that represented mutant kind. So in this movie, it would make sense as Charles Xavier. So she has an issue with it. And I understand her point is like, we're risking a lot just so we can get the, so we can be accepted by humans, you know, so mutants can be accepted. Now, and that was kind of the whole point of the X-Men as well, not just to defend mutant kind, but also to show that not all mutants are bad. Look, we're we're saving, we're not just saving mutants, we're saving humans as well. That kind of was a thing, you know, even even though they didn't, they didn't always put their, their um, they didn't jump in at every big thing. Like they weren't part of Civil War because they're like, look, we're already having, we have issues as it is. We do not want to pick sides in this and, and, and have people hate us even more. There are situations where they're like, look, we're not doing this. Not that, not that there wasn't X-Men members involved in a lot of big things. Like when they went to go kill Scarlet Witch, guess who was there? Wolverine was there. You know, so things like that. But the point is, is that the X-Men were there for, to help protect not just mutants, but humans as well. And that makes sense. And for her to come at him like he's all about himself was, it's badly written because and then she, then she goes, I don't remember the last time you risked anything. It's like, you, and it's like, and like, are you, are you watching? Are you, who wrote this? It's like, the man's in a wheelchair. Why? Because he risks his life to save humans. He literally, like, he literally was, granted, in first class, it was the Cuban Missile Christ, granted, but he literally helped prevent a war. He fought Sebastian Shaw in the inner circle to prevent a war that was going to kill millions and he even fought magneto by the way when magneto was like taking all those missiles and throwing them back at the humans guess who fought magneto to stop it from happening xavier while raven's sitting there staring at them like an idiot guess who's fighting them magneto granted i uh he magneto did like jack people he like hit folks but the person who fought him and and literally lost his legs in that whole skirmish was xavier so let's just remember that also, in Days of Future Past, who is sitting under a bunch of steel that crashed on top of him 
to prevent Magneto from assassinating the president to save the future. That was Xavier. Also, who helped, who convinced Raven to not kill the president or Boulevard Trask to save the future? That was also Xavier. Also, let's remember in Apocalypse, who almost got their body taken from them from Apocalypse who wanted to use him and steal his powers? That was Xavier. He didn't go after Raven. That was Xavier who did that. And yes, who saved everybody? That was Jean Grey. Just, I mean, to be real, Jean Grey saved everybody. While Raven almost got choked out, Jean Grey killed Apocalypse. Cyclops helped. Magneto helped. But it was Jean Grey who actually killed Apocalypse. And even Apocalypse was like, oh, snap. He even like realized he, who he was dealing with in that movie. So, in all honesty... But Xavier was there for every situation. He was in the middle of, of it of it all in all three movies. So for her to go like, well, I don't see you risking anything, he did. And the man's in a wheelchair. How much more do you want him to risk when he's in a wheelchair? It's just like, I just... And, and like, but she knew what she was getting into at the end of Apocalypse. That's why she joined the X-Men and she trained the current team. That's why I didn't understand the context of this of this clip. Now the risking, the risking of the lies. I get it. And, you know, we, we need to be a little more. We need to be more careful because we we almost lost. We thought we lost Gene, and we didn't. And we need to stop. You know, I get the I get the concern, but to come at him like, hey, you don't, you haven't risked nothing. What? And the, and the whole women thing. I don't even understand the line. Why it was there? I don't know who wrote that in. You know, it's like just be clear. You know what the movie's called, right? You, you do you 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 do know what the movie's called? No, it's not called the X Men Dark Phoenix. It's called Dark Phoenix. They actually removed the name X Men out of the movie title because it's about Jean Grey. The entire movie is about a very powerful woman cleaning house, cleaning house. So I just don't understand that line. It was it it did not fit. In the scenario, her going and like the whole, I don't see you risking anything. I just, I feel that was such bad writing. The concern for them risking their lives and the fact that they almost lost Gene, I will okay that because it is. You're like, man, we're doing a lot just to save humans, and like, is this is this worth it? Because we almost lost Gene today. You know, I I get that. Have that discussion, and you're like, why are we so? Are we just doing this because you you know? You know, and, and do question the motives. I'm okay with her questioning his motives for for this. Because that's fine. Xavier's motives, like, further down the line and the convoys got a little more, mu you know, muddied. It, it, they did. The lines got blurred a little bit with Xavier. And that's fine. Question the motives. But the whole, like, I don't want to see you risking anything. And, and the whole women thing was such bad writing. And it's especially because the whole movie is about the Phoenix Force being absorbed by Jean Grey, and Jean Grey literally becoming the most powerful woman in the entire universe. I just, let's, let's, let's keep that in mind. She became the most powerful person in the movie. So much that she's a threat to everybody. That's how powerful she is. I just, I just, and I, it's like she's, She's, I mean, justified. It's Jean Grey. She's sick. She's very powerful. Even when she doesn't have the Phoenix Force, she's still very powerful. They proved it in an apocalypse. So, yes. I'm okay. You know, I think it's great. I, I, I wanted, I've been hoping for a good Dark Phoenix movie because Dark Phoenix is very powerful and she's super cool and she's very scary. And she's one of the people I grew up with as a character that made me like strong powerful women between her and storm and then she hulk and then Captain Marvel. And i can go i had that whole conversation about that in a previous episode so yeah jean gray is 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 ba she should be yeah no it should be but i just this clip makes me worry about the writing in this movie i this like i said the scene itself was is necessary because they almost like i said we'll go back to it they went and risked their lives to save these astronauts, and they succeeded, but they almost lost Jean Grey, or they thought they almost lost Jean Grey, and so it's a concern. So the question of the motives, like, why are we still, why are we doing this? What's the real, what's the real purpose? As I'm hoping, you know, we're risking a lot so we can get people to like us. It really is. 
It really is. You know, if someone told me, hey, Dave, you're going to risk your life so people can like you. I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> Just so they can like me? Nah, to accept me? I'm good. I don't have to, I'm not doing that. So I get it. But the, the, everything else behind the, 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 the dialogue, that exchange was so bad. Like, and, and, I, and I looked, and I was like, let me check. It's not just me. Please, let me check to see it's not just me. And people are like, wow, I don't know. I don't understand why she said that. I don't understand why those people are like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's like, ooh. You know what I mean? And it just, and it's, and it, and in all honesty, it like, it backtracks storyline. Like, she's like, they're kids. No, you just told them when they were training, they're no longer kids. So make up your mind. Who's writing this? You, so, but I also, she also kind of knew the risk when she trained them that, you know, this is what this is for. I it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm hoping the entire movie is not like this, where there's like, there's really cool and some weird exchanges. I, you know, I would just, I've been fighting. I have had the back of the X-Men movies outside of like the Wolverine solo films and the last stand for years and people like, talk crap about Apocalypse, and I think Apocalypse was, was still a very good movie. You call him Ivan Ooze one more time, I'm walking up to your house and hitting you in the head with a, a, a spatula full of, like, mayonnaise. I really am. Because it's just, but I've been like that, I've been, like, fighting for these movies forever. And so when they decided that they're, they're going to end the series on Dark Phoenix, I thought it was really good, I thought it was smart. And it was, and, and I was like, they're not going to do Last Stand again because they learned from that. And, and I do still believe that. I just hope they, 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 someone let this get, let this go. Someone went like, yeah, I think that's fine. And was like, but it didn't make sense. And you're contradicting your previous movie. And her comment doesn't make sense. It's just, it's just, oh. And it's not even, and, and, and to be fair, guys, and, and, and girls and everybody who's listening, you know, it's not, it's not even about the women thing. It's about bad writing. Like, it is like, I would have been okay with it if it, it was justified. If, if she brought it up, it was justified. But if you also backtrack the story arc, it's like, you, the women didn't save everybody in the X-Men films. I mean, yeah, Apocalypse, everyone survived Apocalypse because Gene kicked them in the teeth made them, and disintegrated the brother. You know, and I'm just like, but it's just like, did we need that line? It just... I don't understand the line. I just didn't understand the line. It was like nobody in these movies have been downgraded. Every, all the women in these films were, are BA. I don't understand the point. Uh, I just, I just felt somebody wrote, I think felt either it was added in on scene or it was written in and, and for some reason someone was, afra was afraid to say something because they don't want to get like, I don't know, yelled at or something. And I, just being a guy who writes, and I write very strong women in my in my stories. I it I would what's the word I want to use? There are gonna be people in the world who are gonna be disrespectful to women. I, I get it. I understand that. I know. And so you you kind of have to have that fight. But in this con in this scene in this context, it was not necessary. And that's what I think hurts it the most. It's like it's like you know what it would be like if like a storm came in there. And she was like, hey, man, looks like all the black folks are saving all the white folks. Just call this black, black X or X black. I, you know what I mean? It just, it didn't, if you go to that scene and you change out the, the wording, it would just not fit. It would just, it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? You know, if like, it's just, I just don't understand <laughs> the point, you know? And I, and I know I'm beating a dead horse on this. It's just, I, my whole concern is, I hope this is not a clear, and, and why did we get this clip? Who put this one up? Why did Fox put this clip? You know what I mean? Of all the clips, I mean, to be fair, I, I get it. It's the week of, if we're going to need a clip, give us a clip. But why did we get the X-Women clip? And why specifically that? Because if you look at the opening scene, all these children, it's, it's a diverse group of kids. Boys, girls, black, white, they're all diverse. So that argument is moot. So I just I just didn't understand. That's why I don't understand the the context of it, and or why it was even said, which that makes me feel like bad writings in play. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm just it's very it hurts my feelings, you know. It just hurts my feelings, and I just don't understand why. I just don't understand. 
don't do it again. <laughs> I'm, it makes me worried. It makes me worried about the rest of the writing. You know what I mean? And this is like, this is literally probably the beginning of the movie. You know, I think the movie will start with them doing the rescue mission because it, that's how you get Dark Phoenix happening. You know, she's got, she's get the Phoenix Force and then the ball starts rolling the story arc all the way down through the movie. This is literally at the beginning of the movie. This writing starts like this at the beginning of the film. Yee. That scares me. That scares me. It just, that's some, that's some, you gotta, you gotta, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be last and bad, but that's some bad writing right there. It's, the context didn't make sense. It just, it just, the, the line was unnecessary. Even like her saying, I don't see you risking anything. I just, that's, the brother's in a wheelchair. He risked a lot already. I just, I just, I, so rude. It's so rude. It's so rude. It does, and it just, it's just, and I also hope, and it also makes me think they're writing Raven this way because we already know she's going to die. We all know that she's dying in this movie. We know that, right? Just, uh, I, I just, just to be clear, we all know that she's dying in this movie. We're, this isn't a spoiler. We, we know there's going to be a death in this movie. There's a funeral scene. We know that it's Raven. We know that, right? It's not the rest of the X-Men because they're, you know, they're not going to kill Scott. They're not going to kill Storm. They're not going to kill Quicksilver because they already killed him in Age of Ultron. You know, it's, it's not going to be Hank. Hank's got to be upset. Hank's upset. He literally changes teams in this movie. We already have clips knowing that he goes to Magneto and he's going to Magneto to go kill Gene. So guess who who dies? It's Raven. Raven dies. We know this. Please tell me you're not writing her crappy so the death makes was more justified. Don't do that. And that's my other concern. And that's my other concern. Not just the bad writing, like uh, uh, like the scene itself. Just it's funky writing. But writing a character funky so when they die, you're like, yeah. Yeah, she had it coming. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's bad. That's horrible. That's some CW kind of mess. Don't do that. And you guys are like, what are you talking about? Okay, so, um, and I might have mentioned this before, and I hate this type of writing. CW has a bad habit, and specifically like in the, in Arrow, and they did it in The Flash, and I think they might have done it in Supergirl. I haven't seen Supergirl in a while. But they definitely did it in the Flash, and they definitely did it in Arrow, where they they have these these strong protagonists, female protagonists. You know, in in one moment it's Laurel, and then they bring in Felicity, and then they write them funky to elevate the other one. Instead of just having really good female protagonists, also Laurel starts being funky, so it it brings up Felicity. Then Felicity is being funky, so when Sarah comes back, you can have Sarah. Then Sarah dips, and puts Felicity back up. Felicity acts stupid, so, cause Laurel's back. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's, that's, it's, I hate, that's funky, right? Or they write Thea kind of funky, so Felicity can be up. And then, then Felicity acts dumb, cause Thea's back. You know what I mean? It's those, it's that kind of writing I hate. And Flash did the same thing between Iris, Caitlin, uh, who's the other girl? Not Gypsy, she was fine. It was somebody else. It was one other that like, and, and, and they kind of did it when they, and they would bring Felicity into that one and they kind of funky right. I hate that. If you want all your characters to be cool, let all your characters be cool. If you want all, if you want all your ladies to be on, on point, let all your ladies be on point. I know at some, you know, the characters have to fall off or they have to have some kind of struggle and things like that. That's just storyline. That's path of a hero. That's how it works. There's always got to be the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys of a, of a character, but it's the funky writing. Like, the stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, why would they say that? Why would they act like that? That doesn't make sense because two episodes ago there, when, you do, when you're doing that, you're like, why would they write there to be that way? Or write him or write her. Is be, and, and That's the issue. That's the stuff I don't like. Is when they all of a sudden there's a 180 and they're funky. And then you're like, why? And then, you, oh, because so-and-so is back. So we got to have her out of the picture for extended period of time, however long the episodes are, where that character's back, so you can highlight that person. Like, like I'm gonna tell you this right now. I in the Flash on CW, I wish he was with Maggie, Maggie Sawyer. She was in the, she was on the ep, on this one of the uh, season two, three, two. I forget which season she was. She was with the task force, and she ended up knowing she was super about Barry. And she knew that he was a flashy, but he wouldn't admit it. And then she ended up like had a, they had this whole thing where she was like, "If you tell me you're the Flash, I'll stay. If not, I'm leaving to I forget what city she was going to to work at to work at a different pre- precinct and stuff." And he wouldn't tell her, and she left. That 
personally was the best relationship he had outside of Felicity. No, that's not true. The crossover with him and, and, and Kara in the Supergirl episode, that was the best relationship uh, Barry had had outside of Maggie. His relationship with Iris in this show is stupid, and I hate it. And I, I'm just, and you can fight me on that. Fight me on that, because they write Iris funky. And I don't like the, how they wrote Caitlyn, and it's just, it's just, they, but they do that. They do that in this show. They write, and CW has a bad habit. They've done it. They did it in, um, was it called CW back then? They did it with Smallville. They wrote, they wrote Lana all kinds of funky. Then they wrote, then, so they can highlight Chloe. And then Chloe got weird. And then when, when Lois showed in, they wrote both of the characters. It's just, it's like they do this all. And then when Allison, Allison was, was, I'm gonna just tell you this right now. Allison was, uh, for those who don't remember, was it Allison? Was Alicia. The girl that had the, who can teleport. Was it Alicia? It was Alicia. Ian, Ian, you remind me the teleporting girl that that um, Clark fell in love with, and uh, that tried to kill Lana. That she came back and she was like different. She was better, and she ends up being killed by that sand guy. Was it? It was Alicia. It wasn't Allison. It was Alicia. I like that relationship. That was a good relationship. That was a, it was short lived. It had to be short lived. I get it. But he had a better relationship with her than he had with Lana, and the Lowe's relationship was just funky. I hated it. But they, but they wrote them weird like that. That's the stuff I'm talking about. So it's not the first time they've done that. And it's just like they did it in Arrow and they did it in Flash. And I don't remember if they did it in Supergirl. I can't remember. So far, Black Lightning is fine. And I've been watching season two of Black Lightning. Everyone's kind of doing their thing. It, 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 it's super, it's super topical. And there's very things they talk about. And I'm like, all right, I, I have to, do, I have to take those as, as a episode at a time. But, uh, Black Lightning, so far, they haven't screwed up. Granted, it's only the second season. Give it a minute. They might CW it. Just, you know. But that's the kind of stuff I don't like. And I feel like they're doing that with in this movie. That, like, they're writing Raven Funky to highlight Jean. And to justify her death. Don't do that. If you're going to kill her, kill her. But don't make her funky and be kind of a, kind of a you know, just this, this, this uh, antagonistic for the, just for the sake of being antagonistic and so when she gets thrown is killed it's like oh yeah don't do that it's weird it's weird to me don't do that don't do that oh it, hurt, it hurts my soul thinking about that so i had to get that off my chest because i was fussing about it yesterday and then i saw the clip this morning and i was just like oh my god that makes no sense and i was like that's bad writing and you're making her look funky you're making her look funky and I, and I, and I've said, and I saw that people were saying it too. It's like, oh, they're making her funky. So, you know, you, you want her to die. Yes. That's bad. You know what that's called? That's called bad writing. That's called bad writing. I'm grabbing, you don't see, I'm grabbing my mic and it's right to my face. That's bad writing. That's bad writing. Don't do that. That's bad writing. That's some CW mess. You're better than that. Fox, you're better than that. Let me put my mic down before it sounds all crazy. I don't want to hit the table. But the point is, it's, it's bad. Don't do that. It's so disrespectful to the character. And a disrespect for the people who are trying to watch this movie. Oh, it's so, oh, that makes me so, oh. So, I'm still going to see it. I already have tickets already. I'm going to see it tomorrow. No, Friday. Friday evening? I got some stuff I'm doing that day. And, uh, uh, yeah. So, well, I'll, you'll know. Well, I'll take it back. You'll know because I'm doing a collab on the review with my dear friend Red, Red Bread's Lady on on dark phoenix so when she's seen it and we all we're all set and we can I'll, I'll, we'll have to conference call her and have this discussion we'll discuss the whole thing and i i told her i sent her i was like hey did you see this clip i'm like i don't know man this clip and uh and see i'm gonna see what she says about it because it's it's kind of funky it's a little funky writing to me so i i let me know what you guys think if you if you look at it and go like yeah, i don't see anything wrong with it that's fine but being a person who knows how writing, I'm not, the, first of all, I'm not an accomplished writer. I have a couple of books I published and I'm working on some writing projects right now, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not James Patterson or, or, you know, or Daniel Steele, Daniel Steele or Clive Cussler. I'm not those guys. I'm not to that level. I'm not Dean Koontz and stuff like that. Or Jason Scott. No, Jason Scott card is, uh, Orson Scott card. Excuse me. Uh, I'm not those guys. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm a writer and I appreciate good writing. You know, that's why R.A. Salvatore is one of my favorite authors. 
and things like that. And I love, you know, so, but I recognize funky writing when I see it, you know, just because I, I, I written my own funky writing and I'm like, oh, this is funky. I don't like it. And that's why I probably am rewriting my house of darker books because I don't like the way I wrote them. But and so I recognize, that's kind of, who, why would you, why would you write them like that? And so I'm just hoping that's not, this is not showing me how the rest of the movie is going to be. Please say that was just like a, a, a someone had a bad day when they wrote this scene, and the rest of it, the rest of it is just because it's just funky. Because we do when we write and we're in a certain mood, you can see it in the story. We always can tell in a mood based on dialogue or when so you write something. I text one of my friends and they're like, "You all right, man? The way you're talking, just in in, in just letters, they're like, mm, something's up. No, I'm fine. Mm, no, don't 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 lie to me. Something's up.' And I'm like, "All right, let me talk to you about it." And they call me and they talk to me about it. So maybe someone was having a bad day and they, and they, and they did the scene, they wrote the scene and it just came out funky and the rest of the movie is going to be fine. Well, let's hope for it. Let's hope for it. I still have your back, Dark Phoenix. But you're scaring me with this scene. You're scaring me because it didn't fit. The, fight, the, the, the antagonistic Raven didn't fit. Especially on the stuff we already know about this character and things she's done in the previous films. Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. You, y'all don't understand. I want this movie to be do so well, it, even though it, even though this is the last X Men movie. No, well, New Mutants comes out later this year, but this is the last X Men movie of like these characters, and they're all going to MCU. I just, I just don't want this to be. I don't want this to be Last Stand 2.0. I really don't, because if this is Last Stand 2.0, I give up on you, Fox. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> you've already made some funky x-men films you know wolverine included in that oh just 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 don't don't this better not be 2.0 please please don't it doesn't look like it it doesn't feel like it but that writing right there was funky that scene this scene's funky so let's just let's just let's hope everybody be positive hey you over there put down the coffee and be positive be positive this might end up working out for all of us. Be positive. All right, let's go. All right, I'm gonna everybody. I need everyone to do something for me. Everyone, take your hands and just shake them. Just shake them. You, I don't know if you're doing them or not. I just, I do. I need to do it because I need to shake off all the funk that I had earlier. Because I'm fussing still. Like I'm like when I was like fixing the clip and stuff like that. I'm fussing. So we got we got to do something else. We got to change. I'm gonna fuss for a different reason. But it's gonna stay all, all thing X-Men, cause like I said, two more days, we have the last X-Men movie we're gonna be seeing, which is Dark Phoenix on Friday. And, um, I feel, I, I saw somebody did this. I saw that they, someone did a tier list. And I know I did a tier list the other day, but it was a while ago. Someone did a tier list, all the best X-Men movies, and they were wrong. I'm just gonna tell you right now, as a big X-Men fan, and a, you know, big hardcore X-Men fan, you are incorrect of which one of the, on that tier list. So this is why, and I'm going to say this is why, because one, you included solo films. No, that's already a fail. You already failed. That's, those aren't X-Men. I mean, it's of the, it's of the franchise, but it's not, those aren't X-Men films. We're, so we're not including Logan, which by the way, if I, if I did, it would be low on the list. Fight me. Fight me on it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. But we're not. We're not going to, we're not going to put Deadpool. We're not going to put any of the Wolverine films. We're just going to strictly X-Men because this is an X-Men movie coming out this Friday. This is we're just strictly, and we're gonna include the original ones in early 2000 and the and the first class franchise. Those are the X Men films we're gonna include. So right out the gate. So if those don't remember how tier list works, there's S tier, which is like the best of the best, and then there's D list, which is like the crappiest of the crappiest. So right out the gate, I'm just gonna say there is no D, and this is why there is no D list. There's nobody on the D list. This is why. I will say we do have a crappy X Men film. And that's C tier, and that's X Men: The Last Stand. The reason why it's not on the D list is because we got some good things that came out of X Men: The Last Stand, even though that movie was horrible. It was, it was, quoting Mighty Tree, it was trash. It was trash. And this is, but we got, we had Kelsey Grammer as Hank McCoy, aka the Beast. We got Shadow Cat throwing down. We had Iceman being Iceman. Literally, like, like full form. I mean, granted, towards the end of the movie, but it was cool. Uh, we got we got to see uh, Juggernaut, even though they made him a mutant in this one. But still, it's fine. We got to see Juggernaut, and he wasn't bad. He did a good job playing Juggernaut, and we got a meme out of it. We did get a meme out of it. 
uh, and uh, we had Storm play. I I won't say this is the best version. Mm, I, I liked I liked how Storm looked in X Men United, the second movie, the sequel is X Two. But I think she acted more like Storm in Last Stand, like she was flying around and lightning bolting everybody and stuff like that, more in this movie than she did in the first two. So that's why. That's why X Men Last Stand is in C and not in D. It's still Garbo. The movie, the story was bad. It was bad writing. They combined three different story arcs. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was just the way. Ah, Angel was useless. The whole thing. Ugh, it was just done bad. They did everything wrong. It was all wrong. But we did get some good stuff out of it. You know. You know. Shout out to Ellen Page and uh, Kelsey Grammer and stuff. So uh, we did get some good stuff out of it. It just wasn't great. It just, it, it was not, it didn't live up to the caliber of the other two X-Men films. Now, we're going to go from C-list to B, B-tier, mid to mid to high. We're going to go mid to high on this one. These are the ones that are good, but they're not the greatest. I'm going to put, I have to, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to put the first X-Men movie on the B, in B. This is why, because why it's the first one, and it's really cool. And it, it, that's, and it put us on the path to what we have right now. It was still flawed. It was flawed to, to, to crap. I mean, granted, year 2000, when it came out, it was like 2000 or 2003 or something like that when it came out. So I get it. We didn't, you know, technology wasn't the way it was. We never got, you know, we, it, we didn't, we never got Gambit. We got, we got whatever that crap was in Origins. And he was, and he, they were doing test footage for Gambit for the first film, you know, Jubilee was like not Jubilee. I mean, she was Jubilee, but she was not Jubilee. They didn't have Shadowcat. Shadowcat was Shadowcat, but she wasn't Shadowcat. She didn't have a voice. She was just a person. And it was just like things, just little things, little things. Like the casting, I think, was perfectly fine. I think everybody who's everybody was fine. I didn't like the fact that they made Sabretooth like a mindless brute. He's always He was always supposed to be sadistic because that's Sabretooth. But like, he's a, Victor's a smart man, but they made him a mindless brute. And I have nothing against Taylor Maine, who played Sabretooth. I just like Liz Schreiber's character better because he he was he acted more like Victor. He really did. He acted so much more like Victor, you know, antagonizing Wolverine. I mean, I mean, just the, the things he said and he and the one one of the funkiest things about the character is like he had a thing about hurting women. It was, it was, and even Wolverine said it in the comments. I don't like the fact that he likes doing it, and it just made him that it, you kind of saw it in the first movie like about Storm, but it was just like. I'm glad they didn't focus on it a lot because it'd have been creepy. It'd have been Creepertron, and nobody would have liked it. But there, it, he, he wasn't the sadistic one character that we got from Origins. We, I wanted that in the first movie, and the whole plot was just dumb. Let's be real. Well, let's turn everybody into mutants, so we, you know, we're all the same. I'm like, all right, okay, but whatever. But it still was the first one, and I enjoyed it for what it was, and we got some cool stuff, and I still have issues with the whole how Mystique looked, and I get why they did it, I understand. I understand, let me think, let me say, I understand CG-wise, because they need it, they had, that's the only way they, they didn't know how to do it with clothes and stuff yet. You know, and even like in First Class, she still can morph with clothes on, but they, like, for some reason, they, they she just had to be naked, like, and like, two three movies i'm like can we are we really are we really doing this i'm like okay whatever so i get it i get it but um b we'll say b list is for sure the first x-men movie i'm gonna say first class and mm, do i want to say first class yeah because it wasn't first class it took like <laughs> it took three movies to get our original characters into like this team but it was a good start. Here's the thing. First class was, was such a, was a good movie because it, 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 it brought the X-Men movies back to life in all honesty. And that's why it's, I liked it a lot and I was very happy for it because it, it gave us, we got, we're getting, it was their way of rebooting without rebooting, like full on reboot. And, uh, I was just like, and it, it technically was a reboot, but it was like super soft. It's like, no, it's a prequel. It's not, you know, it's still back when they were younger. And inadvertently, it would end up becoming a soft reboot. But it, it was very good for what it was. And I, I think Kevin Bacon and Sebastian Shaw was really good. January Jones as, as Emma Frost was, was pretty dang smart. I just wish there's just some things that like that, how they dealt with Darwin was dumb. 
it was just, just just things about it. I just wished it was better, and it wasn't first class. And I just like I wish it was just the first class team, and I wish that Beast looked like Beast. And not, and it's not not anything against Nicholas Holt, and and I I just wished he looked like how he did in the comics. And I know that's hard to do without being full CG or bodysuit, whatever it is. But I, I like Nicholas Holt as Hank. I think he does a good job playing Hank, and I do, and I do like. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I know we didn't get Cyclops right out the gate, and I do like the fact that we got the better Summers. I think Havoc's a better Summers. I really do. I like Alex better than than Scott. I really do. I really do. I've always have. I thought Havoc was sick. His powers are cool. His attitude's way better. I just everything about Havoc is I liked him so much better. So and I just didn't like the way they. And, and it's just one of those things that kind of hurt me that like when they killed him in Apocalypse. Spoilers, but spoilers, the spoilers. But it was just it was just one of those things. Like he's one of the better characters. I wish they didn't kill him. Um, but I did, I did like, and I, oh, same thing was, um, Sean, Cassidy, Banshee, I liked him too, it was like, uh, there's, there's so much good in it, it was just, but it was just like, done wrong, you know what I mean, and that's why, and it, it kind of felt like the first X-Men, it's like, there's a lot of cool, but it was just done wrong, and that's why the first X-Men's in B, that's why first class is in B, and, and, let me see, let me X-Men, yeah, I think we'll do that. Uh, and now, for A, now I know you guys are going to argue with me on this. I said, but I think Apocalypse is way better than than most of the X-Men films. I think it should be up there in the A-list because it was, it, first of all, we got we got, we got got Nightcrawler. We have Archangels in it. Olivia Munn as Psylocke was sick. She killed it. She killed it. We got Storm. Alexander Ship is very, very pretty, and she, and I like her as Storm. I know people argue, I prefer Holly Burial. No, I don't. I really don't. Because, this, she, she actually had Mohawk, we had Mohawk Storm on screen. That was very exciting for me. Y'all don't understand. And I liked it. I liked the movie. I know people want to argue about Apocalypse. Look, guys, I'm, and I'm gonna say it one more time. You're not gonna get Space God Apocalypse. It's, that's, there, there's no, I mean, look, there's no way you could do it. And have it make sense, like story wise, because I know, like, look, look, I know in the animated series they never focused on it. They never focused on the fact that he had a celestial armor and that he was like nine, he was like two, three thousand years old. He just showed up in in the X Men like animated series about this the whole thing about a cure, and and he turned Arch, you know angel into archangel and stuff like that. That's fine, and we got the meme, we got the rogue butt meme because of 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 that of apocalypse so we'll thank him for that but <laughs> but in in the animated series we, you really didn't get a whole lot of backstory on apocalypse why because it's hard there's so much i'm serious go back and read his backstory there's so much that man lived literally three thousand years it feels like there's three thousand years worth of story and then try to explain the whole thing about him and his powers and the celestials and the, and the celestial ship and the space god armor and the techno virus and all oh, no forget it it wouldn't work. It'd be too much. It'd be too much to throw in a movie. And it just throw in Apocalypse and giant celestial armor with night will throw people so hard. And I think he looked great in the armor he had on. I, I think it was smart. I think they, they, it was a, the smartest way they can do Apocalypse without, uh, going deep into his backstory, making the oldest mutant existed and have him wake up and go back to what he was doing when he was asleep 2000, 3000 years ago. It makes sense. People are like, well, I don't understand his motives. You don't understand his motives. He was trying to rule everything. What do you mean you don't understand his motives? Yeah, in the comic books, he was all talking about survival of the fittest. You know, he did the whole thing, the whole thing about that. In the animated series, he was quoting the Revelation book in the Bible, talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all that stuff. And there's a deleted scene in Apocalypse when he was quoting stuff from the scriptures too. So look, the boy is he has a God complex. So what is, what what do characters with the complexes do? They try to rule everything. So and they always want to do what they want to do. So the fact that Apocalypse was literally just trying to was trying to rule the world the way he saw fit sounds about right. That's what Apocalypse does. So people are like, well, I don't understand. I don't understand what he wanted to do. Well, because you you weren't paying attention. That's your problem. That's not my fault. You you should have just paid attention or should have just called me. Hey, uh, House of Darkness. What was Apocalypse's goal? Oh, I'll tell you. Here, this is what he did. Remember in the beginning of the movie when he, before he got attacked, what was he doing? He was, he was transferring himself to a different body and so he can steal the powers of that person and become stronger. That was his fountain of youth. In the comic books, he had the Lazarus pit. And he has, he has, and part of his immortality was literally 
recreating a new body or going into his version of a Lazarus pit. You know, so that was a normal thing for him. And and, and when he got the space god armor, it did it prolonged his life. Although one of his mutant abilities is immortality, but they didn't give that to him in this movie, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, but he was also dying because he had two techno viruses, but it also gave him a bunch of powers. But that, but once again, that's some crazy backstory for Apocalypse. So, anyways, but I think Apocalypse was a very good movie, and it gave me at the end of the movie, it gave me the X Men I've always been asking for. You know, we didn't. Yeah, sure, we didn't have you know Iceman, and we didn't have like the first class like we wanted. But we had Beast, we had Cyclops, we had Gene. You know, we had we had Storm, we had Nightcall, and we had them in the in the coolest outfit that their armor. It was the armor that they had from. It was like Jim Lee colors and everything. Now, yeah, I'm mad they didn't put it in Dark Phoenix, but I understand why they didn't put it in Dark Phoenix. It's okay. That uniform they're wearing in Dark Phoenix is still canonical, so that's why I'm okay with it. That's why I'm letting it pass. Because they still wore, they wore those in the comics as well. And to be honest, their comic book, like, their costumes change every, like, every decade. I'm, like, seriously, if you think about it, go back and look at all the X-Men comics. Their costumes change all the dang time. So, except for Wolverine. His colors change a bit. Uh, although granted, in the, in the 2000s, he's, he's, his, 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 they got a little lazy with his costume. But, he got, he went back to what we know now. And it's fine. And, um, so S tier, S tier is the ones that I think are the best X Men movies of all the X Men movies, and I'm gonna out. You guys will not agree with me, but I don't care because it's my list. You can make your own list, and you can show me the list, and I'll tell you what's wrong. <laughs> so right out the gate, X Men Two, X Men United is still one of my favorite movies out there. This is, and this is the reason why. There's a couple of reasons because we get, um. We get Wolverine finally going, not, he doesn't go full berserker, but he, we, he, the rage, we get the rage from him. We didn't get it a lot from him in the first movie, but we got it like in the kitchen scene when he stabs the guy through the, with the, the, the striker soldier through the chest. And he's like, ah, he's just screaming. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, that's the Wolverine we know. And even Hugh Jackman said it was hard for him to like channel that because he's not an angry guy. You see him. He's, he's very like happy go lucky. He seems super and like super nice. So for him to be that crazy angry is that it took him several movies to channel that. Took him forever to channel that. And we finally got it in the Wolverine. We got it in Days of Future Past. Uh, and we got it in the scene in, in, yeah, we got it in Days of Future Past. But the point is like, it, I, so I get why it took him a minute, but that scene when he came and he screamed, he was so mad after that, you know, and he stayed, when he stabbed that, he stabbed the soldier. It was just like, and I was like, yes. That's yes, that's Wolverine, and he's like, and he's like screaming, he's like, "Shoot me, shoot me!" And it's like, oh my goodness, that whole mansion scene when he's like hunting down the Strikers' men was so good, it was so good. And the best part about it, a lot of it was implied. You didn't have to see everything, but you knew what he was doing. I loved it; it was great. I and and like the fact that we got Colossus go full metal and like throw a couple of guys, and, you know, and people didn't like the look. I think it was smart. The fact you see every muscle in his body all metal, it was smart to me because that's. In real life, that's what it would look like. In real life, if you went full metal, that's what it would look like. And I, you know, Daniel Cudmore, who played Colossus. Now, yes, he wasn't using any Russian accent. He's not. He wasn't like in Deadpool, who that who claw that looks like comic book Colossus. But he still killed it as 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 Peter Rasputin. And I and I will never be upset with him about how he portrayed him. First of all, to be clear, the accent in the first X-Men movies for like a lot of characters didn't exist. Like Storm tried it in the first one and it was so bad that it didn't exist in the second and third. So let's just be real. <laughs> they, they, they weren't good at their accents back then. So let's just be brutally honest here. Um, I do like, what, what other thing about X-Men? Here's the thing about the X-Men United I, di I didn't care for. I didn't like the way they did Lady Deathstrike. Now, Kelly Hugh killed it as Lady Deathstrike. Just, just be, I just want to say that right now. I think it was great. I think I, I just didn't like the fact that the fight between her Wolverine was not the stalemate that it should be. She got the upper hand the entire time. Do we not know how Wolverine fights? Do we not know how their fights always turn out? They're brutal. They're back and forth. Nobody literally gets the upper hand. It's the same thing between his fight with Sabretooth. They're never like, they're always even. They're always stalemates. So, like, the fact that she, like, was winning all the time, and then he beat her by stabbing, like, putting adamantium into her body, I was like, ugh, yawn, you know, I just didn't like it, and I like the fact, I do like the whole Phoenix thing, even if they, even if they didn't do it correctly, I just, it's fine, the scene with, when they're being chased by the, by the, the, 
fighters and the missiles were cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in the movie. It's still one of my favorite movies. Yeah, there's some flaws. But here's the thing. All the X-Men films are flawed. All of them. None of them are perfect. But I still like them for a bunch of reasons, you know. Cyclops, like, I, that scene between Cyclops and Wolverine when Wolverine came back, I, it was perfect. James Marsden, you killed it in that scene. I love it because he's like, he's like, and he just stared at him. It was just like, oh my god. I was like, they, they, that, they mirrored that relationship so well. It was so good. And we never got enough of it. That's the, that's the one thing that bummed me out. Like, cause when you got last stand, you know, Cyclops was being, you know, he was mo Cyclops, you know, and it just like, and he got, he was killed later. And it was just like, man, we didn't get, we didn't get enough of the relationship between the two characters. And I, that's one of the things I also hated. It wasn't enough. We kind of got a little bit in the first movie when he, like, he called him out for stabbing Rogue in the chest. And we kind of got it a, a little bit in the second movie when he came back. And, and it was just like, he was just, it was just, we didn't get enough. We didn't get, we got, it, a, a lot of the relationship was focused on, especially in X2, was a relationship between Gene and, and, and Wolverine, which is perfectly fine. We're, I'm okay with that. That's how it should be. But I really wanted to see Wolverine and Cyclops butt heads more. And they did, we didn't get enough of it. And I wish we did. And, but James Marsden killed it as Wolverine. I, I mean, as Cyclops and his attitude and everything. I was like, I'll give you that. I give James Marsden that much. Every time I see him, all I see is Cyclops. He's in the new Sonic, he Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which by the way got pushed back so they can redesign Sonic as it should be. They, they just done messed up in the first place. I don't know why they made him look that ugly in the, the backlash is so bad. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, 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 I'm branching, but, uh, the, the other movie, X-Men movie, that you probably already figured out that I think is S-tier, that is like the best of the best, is Days of Future Past. That movie was done so well. It was near flawless. It was done so well. I love, I didn't like, uh, here, actually, I'll take it back. The one thing I didn't like is how they did Bishop. Bishop was crappy. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like his look. I, I didn't like Dreadlock. I don't, I have never liked Dreadlock's Bishop in the comics. When he was Dreadlock Bishop, I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. And I, you know, I, even if you put cornrows in his hair or bald bishop, I'd have took bald bishop. And then you didn't even really show his powers. You gave him that dumb gun that's like plugged into his arm. You didn't even show his powers. Get out of my face. It's bishop. Oh, I'm so mad. We finally got Lucas Bishop on the screen and we didn't get to see what he does. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was just, come on. We finally got him! We finally got him on the screen and he did nothing! Ah! But the rest of the movie was great. I think the movie was fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was good. I like the whole, th I mean, granted, they changed the story arc. Like, instead of Kitty going back in time, they did Wolverine, which is fine. It kind of, like, it kind of played a part. And I liked when they got stuck in the, the facility and, like, an actual Wolverine came out. It was, it was, no, wrong movie. That's Apocalypse. That's actually another reason why I like Apocalypse. That Wolverine moment was like, it's like the Darth Vader moment in Rogue One was so good. You're like, that's the best Wolverine I've seen out of all the, all the times. And I love Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. He's like the best. He, and we all agree that like, it's going to be hard to replace him. But that moment in the facility in Apocalypse, after they got captured by Young Striker and they, they, they release Wolverine and he just starts rampaging and just killing everybody. And he has the, all the, like the gear on and stuff like when, during the, when being part of the, the department H project and stuff like that was and, and granted. If you go, if you go look at the scene, if you go look at it in time, it's like two minutes, three minutes long. It's not even that long of a scene, but it's like the best representation of Wolverine. And people are like, but that's fan service. Yes, it was. And it was done right. That's the best. If you want to do fan service, that's how you do fan service. Hey, hey, that's how you do it. That's how you do fan service. It was so smart. It was done so well. Same thing with, same thing with Vader in Rogue One. That was fan service, but it was done so well that, that he was, that's the, that's the verse. That's how horrifying the character, that's how scary they have to be. Uh, horrifying is not the right word, but that's how scary you want these characters to be. That, that's how ferocious, Wolverine's supposed to be ferocious. You know, he's growling and he's going, he goes berserker rage and everyone dies. Not everyone, but a lot of people get just jacked up. That's in that scene. That's what he did. That's how he's supposed to be. Vader, when Vader shows up, people, people die. Not just first choking people on cross ships because they forgot to send him coffee. No, like he, like the fact that you see him in Rogue One, he's walk, he's, and he walks. He don't even have to run. Don't have to run, don't have to jump, don't have to do, just walk. And he's blocking lasers. He picked a guy up and threw him on a ceiling, cut him in half, threw him back down, threw him on a body, took lasers away from him, block, I mean, that's what you do. And Wolverine's doing, he's getting shot up and he's just jabbing folks, cutting faces off. 
you know, stabbing people. He pushed a guy against the wall, and the guy ran into his claws. Come on. Come on. Come on now. That That's that's sick. And the best part about it was it didn't have to be gory. It didn't have to be. I mean, there was blood, but it didn't have to be like. You didn't have to see body parts flying everywhere. It was still way better seen than anything Logan ever produced. That movie's movie's bad. That's one scene in Apocalypse. It's ten times better than Logan. Come at me. Come at me. I dare you. But that's why it's un- that that's why Apocalypse is also on A-list. That scene was sick. But Days of Future Past, let's get back to <laughs> I just went completely back to the other movie. But uh Days of Future Past was done so well because you got to see it was like it is the best passing of torch movie next to Creed 2. Creed 2 is the passing of the torch. That's and it's completed in Creed 2. Um, and, and take notes, take notes, uh, George Lucas. If you want to pass the torch, this is how you pass the torch. This is this is how you do it. It was so it was done so well. And then the fact that like Hugh Wolverine was like the like the middleman and all of it was done. It was so smart. So when the movie ended, you knew that like the future was better. But let's get there by the soft reboot that is the first class series. It was so done. It was so it was done so well. I was like, I was just like, I was just like, I was doing this by the end of it. I was, I was, I loved it. It was, I was like, this is done. It was so good. It was so good. You know, I just, just, just no getting around it. And we got the Sentinels. We got the Sentinels. Granted, we didn't even get a full on fight with the Sentinels, but we got the Sentinels in this one. Come on, man. Now, now, at this, now, granted, I didn't like the fact that they killed, like, a lot of the characters from, like, first class. Like, Emma's dead, Banshee's dead, Angel's dead. I mean, they killed a bunch of them. You know, and I'm just like, man, I like, I would love to have those characters back. I mean, we don't know why they killed them. We don't know what was going on. Maybe they, you know, maybe they just didn't want to come back. I mean, Zoe Kravitz is still alive, so she could have came back as Angel. And they probably killed her. Because they're bringing an angel for Apocalypse. So, I don't know. Maybe I mean, but this, her character does exist. I don't know. I just feel like they should have brought some of those characters back. It would have been cool. And I would have loved to see better... I would have loved to have seen them fight with the Sentinels more. But it, was, it wasn't It was about that. It wasn't about them fighting. It was about them saving the future. You know, and you, know, and you have to have the Sentinels show up because that's the whole point. That's the, the whole... It, it was because of trash. It was because of Boulevard trash that we got to that point in the future to where, like, you had the Nimrods. Nimrod is the type of Sentinel. For those who don't know, in the future, so, so for those who don't know, in the X Men story arc, there, you know, obviously there's a Sentinel. The Sentinels are are mutant hunting robots that they used uh, in earlier parts of the like story arc. Eventually, they stopped being robots and being like armored suits. Like they literally became mobile suits later in the comic books. They, like like actual men were piloting them. I think it was a better way for them to make better judgment more or less than, than just having like uh, an AI tell you what to do. Cause it was literally going Skynet. Literally the Sentinel program turned into Terminator, like dead serious. And so in the future, there was a robot named Nimrod who was like the upgraded version of the Sentinels, but like they, he self-repaired, he time travel. He was like practically unstoppable. And so eventually, you know, and part of that was the, the it was because the Sentinel program just existed for forever. And so in this movie, they had their versions of, N- of Nimrod were like akin to Mystique, but to the point to where it could re- it can adapt to every mutant it dealt with. Like literally, can't do like a counter power to fight that mutant. Like when he was they were fighting Iceman, they just bombarded him with fire. You know, they were able to change based on the mutant they were fighting. The Sentinels at early Sentinels couldn't do that. Actually, none of the Sentinels could do that, but Nimrod could. Nimrod could adapt to the mutants he was fighting. He can be over, overwhelmed and be destroyed, but it was harder. So in the ver- in the version of Days of Future Past, that's what they were. And they based it off of Mystique's blood and DNA, blah, 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 blah. And so that's why she was like a key character in Days of Future Past. Um, but I just, everything about it was so, was done so well with the Sentinels and, 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 and just the whole thing of bringing in Trask, it was done super well. And for guys, for people who don't know, in the early X-Men movies, Boulevard Trask was in those movies. Granted, we didn't know it unless you read the credits. He was in there. He was played by what is his name? He's on. He's in season two of Black Lightning now. He's he's playing a federal agent, but I can't think of his name right now. But uh, yeah, he Boulevard Trask was in the first X Men movies. I actually I want to say he was, he was in the first 
movie. Yeah, because he was with the president in the first movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just, it was so good. It was just a nice, like, way to, like, give us all the fan service and show all the old, like, X-Men characters meet the new X-Men characters of the same people. Now, you know, you see Xavier meet, you know, in, in Magneto and Magneto and everything kind of like say, it's a, it was a nice goodbye to all the old, to the X-Men we knew in the early 2000s and now being introduced to the X-Men we know now. It was very, it was done very well. I was like, I had like outside of like Bishop, there was nothing like, it was cool to see Warpath in there. It was cool to see Blink. It was just like, there was just like, it was nice. It was so, it was done well. And I'm glad they brought Daniel Cudmore back to play Colossus. Uh, I haven't watched the Rogue Edition because in the Rogue Edition, Rogue took over for Kitty because Kitty got hurt to keep um, Wolverine in the past. But I didn't see, because in that one, there's extra clips where like they go rescue Rogue. She's like captured and they go rescue her and stuff like that. And I need to, I didn't see, I have it, which is funny. I own the Rogue edition and I never watched it all the way through because I was supposed to sit down with the family watch because they wanted to watch it with me and I never got to do it. And then life happened and then I am over here talking about it now. So I need to go back and watch it because it's, it's, it's really cool. Like it, like it flushes out the entire film. So the Rogue Edition, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And some of the stuff I've seen of it looks really good. But Days of Future Past, even if you don't see the Rogue Edition, Days of Future Past is still a fantastic film. So that's why it's in the S tier, right next to X Men United, because X Men United was still a fan. I love. And you got Nightcrawler in X Men United. See, I'm yelling. I don't even yell, but I'm excited. It was exciting. It was exciting to see, and I was very happy. Oh, one of the other things I loved about X Men United is that one scene. When they're on the X jet and Magneto was talking to Pyro. Oh my goodness. Could you, you, you saw the man in action recruiting this boy. He's, he, he says, he says, you're a god among mortals. Do not forget that. And you, you, you just saw him go to work. It was done so well. It was so smart. And that's the, and that's why Ian McKellen's the man. That's why, that's why he's the man. But, uh, those movies, those, that's my tier list for, for you guys. Y'all can disagree with me all you like. As a, if you think Apocalypse is bad, I know a lot of people didn't like Apocalypse. I thought Apocalypse was, was really good. It wasn't, it wasn't better than Days of Future Past, but I thought it was really good. Uh, there's plenty other, I mean, if you want to, like, well, Dave, you didn't bring in Deadpool or, or the Wolverine movies because they don't count. And if you want me to go off about Logan, I'ma hurt some feelings. You don't want me going off about that dumb movie. I, mean, I already see. I already kind of told you how I felt about it. See, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. I don't hurt nobody's feelings. So, anyways, uh, let me know what you guys think about my tier list. Who, which which X Men movie is your favorite? Like, like, like all time favorite. If I do all time favorite, it's gonna be X Men United. Uh, next to that will be Days of Future Past. It was it was just done so well. But let me know what your favorite X Men movie is. Um, how do you feel about that clip? Uh, does that does that does that deter you from wanting to watch Dark Phoenix, or do you're like ah maybe it's just one bad scene? Hopefully next all the I already committed. Like I said, I already own my ticket, so I, I already bought them. I'm gonna go and watch it. I plus even if even if I didn't have my tickets yet, I would still buy them because I'm committed to the X Men film. I gotta go see it. I gotta make and if it's bad, I'm gonna blow it up. You know I will. You know I will. If it's bad, I'll tell you it's bad. <laughs> But I'm hoping it's still good. I'm hoping that it, at least it's a good send off of the characters because now they're in, with the MCU. So let's let's all hope. Let's all hope. Okay. Uh, once again, this is the House of Darkness. Welcome to another episode of Jive Talk, and I appreciate all you guys for listening and sticking with me. And I hope you guys still support me just by listening. Actually, in all honesty, just support me by listening. If you want to become a supporter, there is an option on Anchor FM under my name, under my stuff. And when you go, when you click to it, you can go straight, it goes straight to my stuff where you can support me, uh, monthly or just listen, listen. I do, like I said, I'm sponsored. And so by listening to the ads that I do and listening to my podcast, it actually helps me and helps support me. So there's those couple of ways you can do it. And like I said, if you have any ideas, what you want me to do for episodes, like I, like I have a couple like down the pipeline that are coming, that are happening. And I mentioned that in a previous episode, like I have this, I have the collab I have to do with, I'm going to be doing, have to, I'm going to be do, cause I want to do it. Actually, I talked to her about, it. I was like, so I would, she was like, oh, I was going to do it with you anyways. I just laughed. I'm like, Hey, you know what? That's fine. I'm okay with that. So I'm like, I said, I'm doing a collab with Red when it comes to Dark Phoenix. I'll be having Sky Raptor here for Far From Home for the Spider-Man sequel next month. And I am hoping before that, oh, like I said, an E3 is coming up, not next week. So I'll have Pixelated Tycoon at my home. I'm going to be talking about E3. 
Um, I'm going to get 8-Bit Perry back because we're going to be talking about uh, animated, like, just cartoons in general from the or 90s and 2000s, which ones were our favorites and why we love them. So we, I will have people back here with me. I just I just want to remind you that's happening. I just haven't. Let's 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 finish Dark Phoenix first. Let's get Dark Phoenix out the way. Red and I will talk about Dark Phoenix, and and then we'll we'll move on. And then we'll do E three next week. And I'll have Pixelated Tycoon here. And then I'll I'll maybe I'll get Eight Bit to come that same weekend. And we can we can do we're gonna have all kinds of episodes, all kinds, all kinds. All right, let me go because I'm kind of hungry, and I don't know. Should I have a hot pocket? I know hot pockets are probably like not the best, and I'm probably gonna get diarrhea from it or something. I don't know, but I I need something to eat. I need something quick. I'm gonna risk it. I'm gonna have a hot pocket. You know what? I'm bold enough. I might have two. We'll see what happens. Talk to you soon.